Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. So, uh, Pastor Don has been teaching this message series called Forward, Moving Past your past. And so I'm excited to be able to help with this message series today. And the title of my message today is called Plow Now. So if you want to pull out your Bible, pull out your phone, whatever it is that you're going to use today, don't really turn anywhere yet because I'm afraid that if I give you the scripture, you'll read it and be like, seriously, that's it? That's all you have for today? Like, did you just figure this out last night and you just rushed it? But that is not what's happening. So don't go to the scripture yet. I just... I want to talk about plowing. Look at your neighbor and say, plow now. Some wife was like, don't you tell me what to do. Look at your other neighbor and say, you look like a farmer. <laughs> I like the laugh. That's what I was going for. Somebody's like, I'm an accountant. Uh, I, sorry, accountants. My friend Matt is an accountant. Uh, I don't know if you realize this, but I'm not really like the farmer kind of guy. Uh, I think there's something about me being a musician. Like if you tried to get in the tractor, you'd rip your skinny jeans. You know what I mean? You couldn't do it. But you, you may not know this about me, but I love to drive through the country and look at all the farmland. Uh, my, my dad is from the country and I, I don't know, there's something about it. We lived in the country when I was a kid for a little bit. We had a donkey that lived behind us and he made sure that you knew that he lived behind you. You know, he's as loud as he could be. Uh, but I love to drive and look at the farmland. In fact, at the Comal County Fair Parade, which lasts for 7,000 hours, I think, uh, my favorite part of it is when the vintage tractors go by. And when I was a middle schooler, I always wished secretly that I could be one of those kids that gets to drive the tractor. I thought that would be so awesome. But I'm clearly not farm material. I just like the idea of it. Actually, like four or five years ago, I tried to plant a garden and I... Uh, it's just kind of like those, let's just see what happens, you know? So I used some seeds that were expired uh, and I didn't even know they had an expiration date. Uh, I didn't know you're supposed to eat the seed. Uh, that was a joke. Uh, but, and then I put them in the ground, I planted them and I watered them a solid two times. And as you can imagine, nothing really happened. I love the idea of farming and the concept of it. In fact, I think we all really do, whether we realize it or not, because we wouldn't be able to survive without people who do that for us. But I'm a terrible, terrible gardener. But believe it or not, I've been thinking about farming a lot lately. Not in the sense like I'm going to move 40 miles out and start a farm. But God's been challenging me with the concept of farming. And it, and it really kind of started when I came across this scripture in Proverbs chapter 20, verse four. Now you're gonna read this scripture and you're gonna go, seriously, that's it? But we're gonna talk through it. And I think it can change the way that you view your life if you view it through the proper lens. So here's what it says. Are you ready to have your mind blown? It says, those too lazy to plow in the right season will have no food at the harvest. Don't act like you're impressed by that. That was not impressive at all. If I wrote Proverbs, I would have written, and if you don't know that, you should sell your farm and move to the city because this is not the right calling for you. But apparently there were people in that time that were too lazy to plow for the harvest. 
I think it's so simple and it's so obvious, but sometimes it's the simple things that you and I think we understand and we skip over them and we miss them. If you want proof, if you've been a Christian for a long time and you think that you're spiritually mature, all you have to do is call customer service and let them put you on hold for 20 minutes. (laughs) And I want you, next time it happens, and they all have the same music now too. And it brings back bad memories for me sometimes. But they all have the same music. I want you, while that music is playing, I want you to think about whether you have the fruit of the Spirit, whether you have love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control, because I can almost guarantee you that when you're on hold in the 21st minute, you don't have any of those things after that music has looped 472 times. It's the simple things that we need to revisit to make sure that we don't just understand them because wisdom and understanding are two different things. Wisdom has to do with applying what we think we understand and putting it into practice in our lives. And so this concept is really interesting because we, if you've been in church a long time, maybe you haven't, but you've heard this concept of uh, sowing and reaping or um, planting and harvesting or some people call it seed, time, and Harvest And our culture is obsessed with the harvest. Now, we don't say it like that. But like in the church world, you'll hear people, you're like, how are you doing today? And they're like, I'm too blessed to be stressed. Like, number one, are you Dr. Seuss? (laughs) And number two, I think that's a valid thing to say. I think it's okay to say. I don't think there's anything wrong with it, actually. And I totally get the heart behind it. You're reminding yourself right? Of all that God's done for you. But just go with me for a second. If you got a bigger house that you were praying for, do you realize that you would have to clean more rooms? He said, amen. (laughs) Yes, God. Uh, Do you know that if you got the promotion that you always wanted and they paid you more, they would call you at 7 p.m. because they expect you to answer. Do you realize that you love your kids, but when you had more of them, more of them outgrew their pants and you had to buy more pants. A blessing is great, but there's always more to manage when you're blessed. And we miss that sometimes, that blessings also require management and work. And they can add some stress. Now, in pop culture, apart from church culture, because see, they're two different things, right? Church culture, if you said that to somebody, like the person at Starbucks, I'm too blessed to be stressed, they'd be like, you're too what to what? I just asked you what kind of coffee you wanted, right? But in pop culture, it would be, you might put on your Instagram, oh, I got this sweet new car for a great deal, hashtag blessed. And really what you're saying is, check out my new car, it's awesome, I don't want everybody to know that I'm really bragging about it, and I think it's way cooler than theirs, so I'm gonna put hashtag blessed at the end so that you don't know. Actually, there's a song, uh, there's a song, you may or may not know it, it goes, uh, when the praises go up, the blessings come down. Do you know that song? Have you ever heard that song? If that was the way that it worked, I would be like, when the praises go up, God, I really like Land Rovers. Then the blessings come down. I would drop subtle hints while I led worship. Like you would hear it in here. (laughs) Make me a vessel. Make me a Toyota Tundra. And then just slip it in there. 
But that's not how it actually works. We love the concept of the harvest because we love the blessing and the blessing's cool and the blessing's fun. And it's actually fun to tell people about. But the problem with that mindset is we forgot that before you can have a harvest, you have to sow a seed. You have to put something in the ground. Now, the concept of sowing and reaping is extremely important to your life. But I think it's been um, misused in two ways. Number one, some church people have misused it. And you may have experienced that. And I'm sorry if you have. Honestly, genuinely sorry, because I've experienced it too. And I'm sorry if it maybe caused you to have a bad taste in your mouth or maybe to walk away from church or maybe to not come to church because you heard somebody say, well, if you just do this, then God will do this. And God's not a vending machine. I don't press D6 and a bag of bugles comes out and I put them on my fingers like little hats. Anybody ever do that when you were a kid? Awesome, sweet, yeah. That's actually like their slogan now, I found that out. America's number one finger hat. Like, really? Anyways, God's not a vending machine. It's not just that we get exactly what we want, but, it, but there is a level of faith that we have to understand. But here's the other way that our culture misinterprets or misuses it. You hear things like karma. You hear things like positive vibes. Like if I just put out good vibes and hope for the best, then maybe some gooder, vibes will come back to me or something like that. But here's what's really interesting is our culture has either trained us to say like, I'm owed this, or it's trained us to say like, I hope that this will happen. But the thing about God is God isn't asking you to do that. He's saying this, if you'll obey me and do my will, you will plant seeds that will bring life and blessing to your life. Let me say this to those of you who may believe in good energy and good vibes. You don't have to hope that something good will come back to you. If you'll do what God's word says, you can expect a harvest on the seed that you planted. Because the Bible says that his word never comes back empty. See, I planted the wrong seeds when I planted in my dumb garden. I planted expired seeds, but the word of God hasn't expired It's still relevant to today. And if you will do what he tells you to do, you don't have to hope for it. You can expect it. He'll take care of you. It may not be how you thought he would. It may not be what you hoped would happen. (laughs) How many times has that ever happened to you that God came through and you're like, well, that is not what I had in mind, but thank you. And can I say this? It might not always even be this side of heaven. But Colossians 3 says that we're to set our sights on the reality of heaven. That maybe the seed I'm sowing is gonna reap a harvest in heaven and heaven is a lot longer than earth. But listen to what Paul says about sowing seeds in Galatians 6, verses seven through nine. He says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Say always. But those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what's good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Listen, what we plant in our spiritual soil, we will always harvest. If you plant things, what Paul is saying, that cater to and nurture your broken human nature and your broken human desires, things that you know are wrong, but you nurture those things and you plant those things, what you reap will be 
what you've sown. And we can all attest that that is true. But if you will sow the things that God is asking you to sow, things that please his spirit, things that he tells you to do in his word, then the Bible says that you'll reap a harvest of life and blessing. You can be sure of that today. But here's what's really interesting. Paul says at just the right time, you'll reap a harvest if you don't give up. What's interesting is that oftentimes we are looking for a harvest in a season and we're saying, God, where is the blessing that I thought I would have? And I wonder if sometimes God is standing there going, I've been raining, I've been shining the sun, but you never planted a seed and I don't have anything to grow. See, I believe that the devil would love for you to get frustrated about something that God never did. The devil would love for you to get frustrated thinking God didn't bring the blessing that you needed when in reality, God was pouring out his rain. God was shining on you. He was working in you, but you had never planted anything to grow. It was, it was not nature's fault that my garden didn't grow. It was squarely on the gardener. And so it's important that we understand that if we want to reap a harvest at the right time, then we have to sow a seed at the right time. I love this statement. It's in a worship song that I, I, I really like. I like this portion of this worship song. They say, rain only matters to those who have seed in the ground. And I love it when worship leaders get like a little too excited and they start yelling and they're like, oh, uh, I do it. But they go, the guy goes, he says, um, he says, if you don't have seed in the ground, rain is a nuisance. But if you have seed in the ground, rain is a blessing. Rain, you wait when it rains. If you're a farmer, you don't just like go out, keep farming. If it's raining, there's not a whole lot that you can necessarily do in that period. There might be some stuff. I'm not an expert. But you have to wait a lot more. Many of us hate waiting and we see it as a nuisance. But can I tell you something? If you have seed in the ground, that wait for you can be a season of expectation. You can look out the window and say, I wonder if anything's growing yet. If you want the harvest when you need it, you have to plant at the right time. But here's one thing that we sometimes forget that we have to do before we can even plant. Before you can plant, you have to plow. Before you can plant, you have to plow. And we're talking about if it's a field that has never been plowed before, okay? Some of y'all are farmers and you're like, well, not everybody plows. Okay, all right, that's okay. I Googled it, I understand that now. <laughs> but if you wanna plant a field that you have never planted in before, you have to plow. Here's the thing about plowing. Sowing is hard, but plowing is harder. And sowing is uncelebrated. Like everybody is like, oh, look at these beautiful tomatoes in my garden. But nobody's like, look at those seeds. You planted seeds, I'm proud of you. And nobody is there when you, are, when you are plowing. Nobody's there to celebrate you oftentimes. If you lived in ancient Israel in a time when this was written, you would have understood the concept of plowing. Usually they were gonna plow with oxen, a pair of oxen, which makes me think of the Brian Regan skit. I don't really recommend it, but uh, where he says he was in school and the teacher was like, Brian, what's the plural of ox? And he was like, oxen. And she was like, what's the plural of box? And he was like, ah, uh, boxen. And she's like, no, Brian, you're terrible. But anyways, that wasn't as funny to you, but you'd have to see it. Uh, 
but they would plow behind a team of oxen or sometimes they would have like a steer. And uh, I Googled this, how much time it took them to plow in ancient times. And this is according to farmcollector.com, which is probably on your bookmark list. If you had a 40 acre field, roughly a quarter mile on each side of the perimeter, do you know that it would have taken you, accounting for time for your oxen to rest, it would have taken you about 25 10 hour days to plow that field. Now for context, this church campus is 54 acres. So you could say, okay, well, back in those days, they may have had servants back then because they weren't always very nice to people. So maybe they had servants and they were having them do it for them. Okay, if you had 10 acres, do you know that you would have walked 82 and a half miles just to plow that? If you had 40 acres, you'd have walked 330 miles to plow that field. Plowing is awful, if we could say it that way. But if you want the harvest that you need in that season, then you have to plow when you don't feel like plowing. You have to plow when there is no immediate return on the labor. You have to plow when you haven't even had the chance to put a seed in the ground. And all anybody else sees is he just playing in the dirt. He's just breaking up some dirt. You have to be willing to plow in the right season if you want to have a harvest in the season when you need it. And the question for us today is, I wonder if God wants to plow something in you and me. What if God wants to plow an area of my life? Because when you plow, here's what happens. There's kind of three basic things that happens. One, when you plow, you break up the weeds because the problem with weeds is if you don't break them up, then they're gonna choke out those plants. I wonder if today God is saying, I'd like to plow some weeds out of your life today. There's some toxic relationships in your life that are gonna choke the life out of the blessing that I have for you. There's some toxic environments that you've been putting yourself in and you think you can handle it, but I'm telling you, if you wanna go to the place I'm calling you to, you can't handle being in that environment. Maybe there's a habit and an addiction that you haven't been able to kick, but God is saying, if you allow me to plow, that thing won't choke the life out of your spiritual growth anymore. I wonder if some of us are asking God to send his reign on our lives, but we actually don't have the capacity to receive it because see, one of the other things that plowing does is when you break up the soil like that, you break it up so that water and nutrients can sink deeper down into the soil. Here's what's powerful about that is sometimes we're asking the Holy Spirit, God, I'm just asking that you would pour out on me. God, give me revelation. Show me what to do. Show me who you are. Help me to grow closer to you. Give me some information about the season of my life. I want to know you better. But if we haven't allowed him to plow, that can't get into our hearts. He can be pouring, but we're not receiving and soaking it in. Can I tell you this? What happens when you have hard ground and you pour water? Some of it sinks in, but most of it runs off. If you live in Texas in a drought, you can watch it happen sometimes in your yard, right? It runs off. If we are not allowing God to plow in our spiritual lives, if we are not allowing God to undo some things in us emotionally, some wounds from our past, some habits, some hurts, some addictions, some things we've carried, if we're not allowing God to reach in and plow, then we can come every single Sunday morning and have the water of God's word poured out on us and have the Holy Spirit rain on us and it'll just run off like it's on hard ground. We have to be able to receive it on the inside of us. 
And then I wonder if some of us really can't grow a root system that's strong because of our lack of plowing. Because when you plow and you break up the soil, it it enables the roots to grow deeper and stronger. And I wonder if for some of us, we're asking God to take us to a place of blessing. We're asking for something in our career. We're asking for something in our family life. We're asking for a spouse. We're asking for a new job, whatever it may be. And God says, your root system can't grow deep and strong enough to sustain you. So I can't pour that out on you right now. It makes me think of Matthew 13, when Jesus told the parable of the sower. And he said there was this sower, he was this farmer, and he went into this farm and he was scattering seed. And it says that he scattered it and some of it fell along the path. And the path was hard ground and birds came and they ate it. And then it says that he scattered some along some thorny ground with some weeds and some thistles. And when the plants grew up, the weeds choked them out. And then it says that he planted some in some rocky ground and the roots were so shallow because they couldn't break down in there that it was that the plant couldn't grow strong and healthy. And I wonder sometimes if maybe we are those people and maybe we're frustrated because we don't think God is blessing us. And maybe we're looking at the good soil over there, those people who have gone through an unseen process where God plowed in their hearts and nobody was celebrating them. Nobody was going, wow, this is incredible. But God was doing a work in them, getting rid of some stuff that didn't need to be in there, breaking up some hard places in their hearts, if you know what I'm talking about. And we look at them and they're receiving from God and they're being blessed. And we're like, God, why are you blessing them? And I wonder if sometimes God would say, I have been throwing seed on everybody equally, but they have the capacity to receive it because they've allowed me to plow. I can't tell you how many times in my life I've done that. I can't tell you how many times in my life I've looked at people around me and thought, well, how come they're blessed? And I can tell you for sure there's one particular thing that for like five years, I knew God was calling me to plow that area of my heart, but I wasn't willing to do it. And I'm finally doing it now. We can't expect God to grow something if we're not willing to even plow and plant in the first place. It's an unfair expectation. So if God gave you everything you prayed for today, could you handle it? I couldn't. There's absolutely no way that I can handle everything that I'm praying for right now. And that's the purpose of plowing. So here's the question for you and I today. There's three questions I want to ask you. and These are going to be a little bit challenging, but I bet you'll know the answer to at least the first one in about 10 seconds. So go with me on this today, and I want you to be honest with yourself. Somebody told me, actually, I heard this in a teaching one time. I can tell you what, where I was at. I think I can tell you what exit I was, or entrance ramp I was getting into on the freeway, because I heard this, and it struck me, and it was true. But at first, I wasn't able to receive it. So I was like, that's not right. And then I thought, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm just not doing it. That's why I don't think it's right. This guy said, he said, um, he said, until you are honest with yourself, you will never be honest with God. At first you're like, that's totally not true. I can be honest with God. But if we're not honest with ourselves, we don't even see what we need to be honest with God about. And sometimes you don't even have the capacity to see it. That's why David would pray things like, God, search my heart, examine me, and see if there's anything in me that offends you. Maybe for you and I today, we need to ask God, God, is there something that I've been ignoring for so long that we were talking about that Febreze commercial that I'm nose blind to it? 
I can't even see that the ground is hard anymore. Can you show me? And that's my prayer for you and I today, that we would ask that question of God. So here's the first important question. What field is God asking you to plow in this season of your life? What field is God asking me to plow in this season of my life? Maybe it's the area of your finances, and that's a touchy subject. People don't like to talk about that. But you know, at this church, we believe what Malachi 3.10 says, that if I will give 10% of my increase to the local church, that God will pour out a blessing on me that's so great that I can't contain it. Do you know why I believe that? Because my wife and I have done it. Part of why I believe that is because there have been times when giving didn't feel like sowing, it felt like plowing. And God came through. And God did it. And I think a bigger part of that equation is not the act of giving, but maybe it's the attitude of faith. And what that really comes back to is the attitude of trust. Can you plow when you don't see a plant? Can you plow when all you see is the back of a couple of oxen? And you're looking at something that doesn't look impossible. And I think God would say, if you trust me and you plow right now, I can provide for you. Start somewhere and God will meet you there. There's no condemnation if you're not doing that. Um, But I will tell you this. I don't tithe because I have to. I tithe because I get to. I tithe because it creates a heart posture that says I'm submitted to God. And then it also opens up his blessing for me. So I'll get off of that. Uh, how about this? I'll get onto something a little even more touchy just to help you out. Uh, what if God's calling you to plow in the area of your relationship with your teenager? What if there's like an awkward time that's been going on between you and your teenager? You know what I'm talking about? It's like they woke up one day on their 14th birthday and they were a totally different person. And maybe it's not that they're awkward. Maybe it's that they're actually kind of terrifying and you don't know what to do with them and they're volatile. <laughs> it's like, handle with care. You, they might explode. Maybe God's calling you to push through that relationship barrier. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe you are at the end of your rope. Maybe you are so frustrated. And I'm not saying like it's a minor frustration. And I'm also not saying like if you're being abused. Come on, that's a different scenario. We're not talking about that. You need to reach out if that's going on. But if you're in a place where you're frustrated with each other in your marriage and you're like, I just, I don't, I don't know about this. Maybe God's asking you to plow through the pain. Maybe God's asking you to plow when you're not seeing fruit right now. Maybe God's asking you to show your spouse what a godly husband or wife looks like so that by your lifestyle, maybe they'll see that they need to change. Not to tell them a bunch of times they need to change, by the way. We're from America. That just makes us mad, (laughs) you know? No. Uh, Maybe God's asking you to plow in the area of your spiritual health. Um, I know for me, that that was a big area for me of difficulty. And still today, I can sense when it's an area of difficulty. Maybe like for you, that looks like starting to read a chapter of the Bible a day. They say on average, it takes about two minutes to read a chapter of the Bible. When I found that out, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel really bad now for all the times I said, I don't have time to read my Bible. Like two minutes? Maybe God's asking you to pray for five minutes a day and it might be awkward at first. You might be like, um, I ran out of things to say. I sang that Chance the Rapper song that Cody sang. 
about blessings and praises and stuff, and I don't know what else to do. Plow through the awkwardness and see what God can do in you. Maybe it's in your friendships. Maybe you need new friends. You gotta plow some of those weeds out. Maybe you need to dig into some existing friendships and let them develop you. Maybe it's in your emotional health. Maybe you need to get off social media for a while. I am regularly fighting that because social media makes us even more anxious and more worried, more stressed. Maybe you need to see a counselor. There's nothing wrong with seeing a counselor. Most of the healthy people that I've talked to have seen a counselor. Most of the unhealthy people you talk to are like, I don't need a counselor. And you're like, uh, okay. Because there's nothing wrong with asking for an outside help and an outside opinion. Maybe it's in your physical health. Nobody likes this one. Uh, I had ice cream twice in one day the other day and Cain's chicken. So God is working in my heart. Uh, but maybe God's asking you, as <laughs> true, that's what's sad. Uh, it's not an exaggeration. Uh, but maybe God is asking you to plow in the area of your physical health. Maybe he's asking you to jump into serving in the local church. You don't really want to serve because it sounds hard. And uh, I don't even want to greet people because I don't even want to shake hands with people I don't know. And maybe you shouldn't then if that's the case. Uh, but sometimes you need to plow instead, even if it's awkward, even if you've never done it. You need to just jump in and make it happen. You want to know a secret about a lot of the pastors at our church? A lot of us are kind of like really bad at meeting new people. In fact, some of us have to kind of psych ourselves up like, okay, I have to do this right now. And then we go shake people's hands because it's just not our personality to do so. But I've got to plow in order to make connections that help people grow and that help me grow. And the last thing is um, maybe God's calling you to plow in your relationships by joining a group. So here's my second question, because I bet you knew what God was calling you to plow in pretty soon into that. The second question is this, what's keeping you from plowing today? What's keeping me from plowing today? I mean, Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not grow weary in well-doing. Is it weariness? Are you tired? Like, you know, your teenager can wear you down, right? And they know that too, by the way. If you've ever worked in youth ministry, it's obvious. One kid told Christy the other day, my wife uh, works in the middle school ministry, and this kid said, uh, she, he said, uh, she said, you don't have power over whether your parents give you a phone. And he said, oh, yes, I do. I'll ask him so many times that they'll just give me one. <laughs> As a kid who knows he can wear his parents down. So maybe you're weary. Maybe you're exhausted. Maybe you're discouraged. Maybe you feel like you tried it, but you haven't seen the harvest yet. Honestly, like Proverbs 20 says, maybe we're just lazy. I know exactly when I'm being lazy. I know exactly when I'm being lazy, when God asks me and I can feel this tug like, hey, you should read your Bible or hey, you should pray. You know what? It, you know what makes it so obvious for me whenever I'm being lazy is the position of my phone. When I feel like God told me to pray or read my Bible and I pull up my phone and I check the Spurs score, I know I'm being lazy. Maybe you procrastinate. All the procrastinators unite tomorrow, right? That's the saying. <laughs> maybe you're afraid like Joshua was, and maybe you're discouraged like Gideon was. What's causing you to not plow today? Now, the third question is maybe the scariest question. 
but you have power in this situation because you can control what you do. The third question is this, what could happen if I don't plow now? I just want to say this, and this might offend some people, but it's important. I think about this at 28 years old. I thought about three different ages. I was trying to figure out what, how old am I? And I, I found it, 28. I was like, 27, 28, 29, 28. Uh, I think about this stuff. If I don't plow in the area of my physical health right now, how will I feel 30 years from now? If I don't plow in the area of my emotional health, will I attain a level of success that my root system cannot sustain? And will I crumble? If I don't plow now in my spiritual life, will there be something that I was supposed to give to someone spiritually? I don't have it in my vessel because God never was able to pour it into me. Let me break it down really simple for us. And this is scary. And I don't mean this to scare you. I just mean this to challenge you. And God, by his grace, can redeem mistakes. I fully believe that. But if you don't plow into your 15-year-old's heart right now, if it's too awkward or too frustrating or your job is too important, if you don't plow right now, in three years when they go to college, will they not have some spiritual lesson that you should have taught them now? I'm not saying that God can't reach them. I'm not saying that people can't do something for them. I'm not saying that God can, could totally redeem that. I'm just saying, can we, can we think for a moment, if I don't plow in this season, what harvest is missing in the next season? What if you don't, plow in the area of your finances and God's trying to provide, but every single time you get a raise, like, have you ever gotten a raise and you, you're like, I know I'll save money now. <laughs> and then you're like, how did I do that again? <laughs> it still shows zero or less. What could happen if I don't plow in this season? You know, I think, uh, if God's called you to do something right now that's painful, you need to know something. He didn't bring you here to hurt you. He brought you here to prepare you. I'm not saying that God is causing bad things to happen to you. Please don't misunderstand that. Some people will tell you that God put sickness on you to teach you a lesson. If you, who here is a parent? Okay, you would go to jail if you did that to your kid. God doesn't do that to people. But I'm saying that sometimes as a parent, you'll allow your kid to go through a season of difficulty. And just to be frank, that's one of the issues in our culture today is maybe we don't allow our kids to go through enough seasons of difficulty. You know, when I was a kid and started a baseball team, if I wanted to quit halfway through, we weren't allowed to quit. You just had to finish it out. You signed up, you committed to a team. If you got detention... It wasn't going to save you now. Sit in the hallowed halls of detention, you know? Sometimes God will allow you to step into a season where there's difficulty, but rest assured that he's watching and he knows that you'll make it to the other side if he called you into it. Did you know that when Jesus um, walked on the water, did you, I heard somebody say this, it was fantastic. Did you know that he was sitting on a mountain praying and he had told his disciples to cross to the other side? And the Bible says that 
late at night, around midnight, I think, he could see them struggling in this storm and rowing in the waves and just struggling. And it says around 3 a.m., which is like proof that Jesus was a night owl, which is awesome. Uh, It says that around 3 a.m., he was walking across the Sea of Galilee on the water. And it says that he intended to pass them. They're struggling. And he's like, hey guys, well, see you later. But when they got scared because they thought he was a ghost, which I mean, you may make fun of them, but you've never seen anybody walk on water. When they got scared, he stepped in to help them. But I think it's really interesting that he was gonna pass them because God may have you in a season where he's saying, I'm gonna pass you. I'm gonna let you work this out because here's what God knows that we don't know. If he spoke that you would make it to the other side of this season, then it's a sure thing no matter what storm comes in your life. If he called you to go there, you'll make it whether he's sitting in the boat with you or not. He is with them. He could see him. He was walking by him. He didn't leave them. But he can see you through it today. But here's the thing. Rain only matters if you have seed in the ground. And frankly, seed doesn't matter as much if you haven't allowed God to plow. So the question for us today is, what does God want me to plow in my life today? And number two, what's keeping me from plowing today? And then the third and final question is this. What could happen if I don't plow today? Can I tell you what could happen if you do plow? What could happen if you do plow? Things could probably still go wrong for quite some time. That's just part of life. There is a season of waiting. There is a season of rain. But if you do plow, God can do, Ephesians 3.20 says, exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think or hope or imagine. That if you're willing to plow in this season, God can take you to places that you never dreamed were possible. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.